Hello, St. Matthew family. My name is Father Ted Sill, and you're listening to our podcast, St. Matthew Moments, where we connect through Catholic conversations. The Holy Spirit has something for us today, so take a deep breath, clear your mind, and come connect with us. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of St. Matthew Moments, Conversations on Catholic Life. Today, I'm happy to have with us our pastor, Father Ted, our director of evangelization at St. Matthew Ashley Allwine, and we're so happy to welcome Father Adam Streitenberger, who's the coordinator of evangelization for the Diocese of Columbus. Welcome, Father Adam. Thank you. Great to be here. We are so excited you're here. Why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I grew up in Waverly, Ohio, and um, I've been ordained now for the Diocese of Columbus. It'll be 14 years in May. I, some people in St. Matthew's may be familiar with me because I was the parochial vicar there for two years, um, the last year under Father Noble and the first year under um, Father Sill. So after I was at St. Matthew's, they, the bishop sent me to Portsmouth, um, where I was pastor for six years. And then um, after that, I finished my licentiate degree in, in, in the theology of the new evangelization. And since Bishop Brennan's been here, I kind of work for him as the title is the Bishop's Coordinator for Evangelization. So basically, I um, do projects and, pri- and kind of focus on, pro- on his priorities for evangelization in the diocese and kind of promote evangelization in general throughout the diocese. Beautiful. Yeah, that's wonderful. Love that. Thank you again for joining us. We're so excited to have you. So we are going to start off, um, as we always do, with our Catholic moment of the week um, and just sharing a little bit about something that struck us um, within our Catholic faith. Mine this week is pretty simple. It's just my husband and I actually started praying a rosary each night, um, which has been just a really wonderful unwind to the day and an awesome way to just be together. Um, And something that I just have been yearning for, I think, in marriage. And I'm just so excited that we kind of started that right here before Lent. Um, So that's my Catholic moment of the week. Father Ted, do you want to share with us yours? Sure. Uh, mine happened uh, yesterday evening. We got an emergency call to run over to uh, the hospital to anoint a parishioner who was about to be uh, undergo some um, serious procedures. So uh, I went into the room and there was a lot of medical people just jammed in that room and I had to snake, snake my way around to the bed. Um, and there was a lot of noise, but uh, once I started praying, uh, everyone quieted down and you know, kind of joined in quietly with the prayer and I was able to um, anoint uh, her. And, um, and I think that brought a lot of consolation to her because you could see that uh, she, her face calmed down and, and she was grateful for that as well as her, as her daughter. So it was nice to be a part of that. And also to have the medical staff um, join in the prayer, at least, you know, be quiet. It's amazing. How about you, Father wow. Adam? Um, Well, on Monday, I went up to Cary to the uh, National Shrine of Our Lady of Consolation. So I go up there pretty regularly with my priest group, but um, this one I think was special as kind of, um, you know, we think of Lent as 
as this kind of intense time of prayer, but I find that I need to pray before Lent to kind of strategize how I'm going to do Lent well. So it was a nice little opportunity to kind of be with Our Lady and figure out what to do for Lent. So awesome. She is a good mother. Mm-hmm. Awesome. My Catholic moment was this weekend. Our exalt group on the second Saturday of each month leads music at Mass at the five o'clock Mass. And then um, this month, we decided to move our adoration time up from 6.30 to directly right after Mass. So we go from Mass right into exposition. That was just really, really good. Like, I'm so glad we made that shift. I know it makes it a little hard for some parishioners, but um, just that natural sort of transition from receiving him to adoring him for an hour was so good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which actually leads us to our um, topic today. Um, one of the reasons we have Father Adam with us is that our diocese is um, starting a 40 days of adoration campaign during Lent. And so we thought it would be a great opportunity for us as today is Mardi Gras and we're just on the cusp of, um, of Lent to talk about this campaign. And in order to inspire all of us at St. Matthew to participate in it and to understand sort of what fruits we might experience as a result of of entering into this time of prayer in this way. Father, um, if you want to maybe tell us just a, a brief overview of what the 40 days of sure, adoration yeah. is. Sure, yeah. So um, the 40 days of Lent from Ash Wednesday to Palm Sunday, um, each day a uh, different parish or parishes will be hosting um, exposition and adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. So sometime usually in the morning, although in a couple cases they're doing, um, churches are doing 24 hours, the priests will um, bring out the Blessed Sacrament for, and expose it on the altar, and people will um, have time throughout the day to come and visit and spend time in prayer. Mm. The, um, you know, we have over 40 parishes have signed up, which is, is really awesome. It, you know, I'm, I'm very impressed with our pastors that kind of really, really came um, generously to support this campaign. Um, the idea, it's actually a very kind of ancient idea that um, in Rome, um, each day of Lent was kind of designated for a different parish, a different church. And so the Pope and the faithful of Rome would go to that church that day for, you know, just to visit, but also for mass and, and things like that. So we, we're kind of borrowing that concept. The, the reason why we're doing this, it's really, I would say, threefold. The first is... Um, the diocese is getting ready, especially in this season of Lent, to enter into a period of planning for the church's needs in the future and for our mission as a diocese. Um, and so this is an opportunity for all of us to kind of pray for um, the diocese and for this, this planning process. Um, the second is, you know, as we're kind of slowly emerging from COVID, a lot of people, you know, haven't come back yet for Mass. Um, and a lot of parishes that regularly have adoration haven't necessarily started it up again. So this is kind of an opportunity for us to celebrate the gift of the Eucharist and as an opportunity really to invite people back to um, the practice of the faith and coming to the Mass. And the third is that, that we know the importance of adoration for building a culture of missionary disciples in the church. Mm. Um, and, you know, we we can talk about adoration as, you know, with Jesus present there on the, the altar, it is an opportunity for us to encounter him. 
it's an opportunity for us to really be formed by him in our prayer life, um, which we know that prayer life is so crucial to being a disciple of the Lord. So um, another kind of aspect of this is, you know, I said that all these different parishes um, are hosting adoration um, on their given day. And obviously their parishioners are going to be the people who fill most of that time. Uh, But we're encouraging all the faithful, the diocese, to try to visit as many of the churches as possible. I think the webpage is columbuscatholic.org slash 4040days. And you can see the calendar of all of the the different parishes and uh, what days they're hosting it. I know in some parishes, like I was just talking to a pastor, they, they're actually, um, they've kind of created like a passport for their parishioners um, to, to try to visit as many churches as possible. So, it's, um, you, know, they're, we, you know, we're encouraging that as much, much as possible. And in fact, when we were scheduling um, parishes, we tried to do those outside of the city of Columbus on the weekend. So families maybe could go on a little field trip, you know, and go visit a, a parish maybe they've never visited on the weekend. So, I love that idea of a passport. That's so fun. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I love that too. And especially, I think that does give such a great opportunity. I myself am new to Columbus. Like, I mean, this is my third going into my third year here. So even this is just, this is just an awesome initiative for like the body of Christ in Columbus to share in prayer together. And then just to share in the, the unity of the Catholic church and seeing each other's parishes. I love that, especially just because of COVID. And, you know, I feel like the family of, you know, the Catholic family has been kind of distant. So I, I love this. This is going to be so fun. Yeah, and I love how it speaks to the power of the Eucharist to really, for us to encounter Jesus in the Eucharist and the power mm-hmm. of that and the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it brings to mind um, Mother Teresa, the Sisters of Charity. There was a sister who was feeling really overwhelmed by the amount of work that she had. And I think as in much as we have slowed down during COVID, there's a sign, kind of a frenetic energy about what we're doing right now just heightened anxiety. And I think that that can add to things. And so, so this sister was saying that she was feeling overwhelmed. She had too much to do. They needed to cut back on their prayer time so that they would have um, the time and the energy to do the, the work that they were about for caring for the sick. And Mother Teresa in her infinite wisdom said, okay, and actually recommended more adoration, um, more <laughs> time with Jesus. Um, and I think the other thing that this speaks to is that what the world doesn't really need is us, but it needs Jesus. And so we need to become these conduits so that others can encounter Jesus through us. And the more that we spend time with him, the more we become like him, right? Mm-hmm. Father Sill, do you have an experience with I don't know, trans- seeing transformation in your own life or in the life of someone you love or have cared for or been here with? Yeah, for myself, I generally have two opposing experiences that I can have before the Blessed Sacrament. Um, I, rem- I can recall those times of real sense of peace, even in the midst of some turmoil that uh, may have been going on because of some decision that I've uh, made regarding the parish. Or I can have um, 
you know, a, a clear sense of unrest because of something that I'm not doing that I need to be doing. And it becomes clearer before the uh, blessed sacrament. So, um, you know, I think uh, that, that there can be kind of a conflicting uh, feeling in me uh, about going before the blessed sacrament in prayer sometimes because, you know, on the one hand, I do like this, this feeling of peace and rest. Uh, but then I'm always a little bit on edge as to, okay, what if there's going to be something brought to my attention that I need to take care of, you know? How true that can be. How true that is really for all of us too. And Jesus does have the power to change us when we're, uh, when we encounter him there, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How about you, Father Adam? Um, you know, I, one of the things I, so I started recently um, at Sacred Heart where I'm the administrator. Um, it's an Italian village. I don't know if anyone's familiar with it, but I, um, you know, be, I live at the cathedral and, um, and I cover Sacred Heart. So I, I never really had a regular daily mass for the last couple of years. So I was kind of shuffling around the diocese and yeah, I never knew which day, what day I'd be saying mass and when and where. And so I decided that I would just start a regular daily mass. And of course I didn't want to do one um, at any given, you know, like all these parishes have early morning masses or noon masses. So I thought I'm going to do the latest mass in the day. So I do, I have an 8 PM daily mass at Sacred Heart. And I do a seven o'clock holy hour before with exposition. And um, it's really been a great grace in, in my life the last, you know, I started it in January. And um, just to be there every evening uh, with the Lord, and I can just kind of feel my heart. Um, you know, I mean, when we, we talk about an encounter with Christ is it moves our hearts in a new direction. And I think, um, when, whenever I see him in the Eucharist, there is this sort of, I would, it's kind of hard to explain, but like my heart kind of flutters and, you know, is warmed by his presence. Um, mm. And that's really kind of sustained me. Of course, you know, January and February have been kind of cold too. So that kind of helps as well. So, <laughs> so true. So true. My first encounter, I feel like, I mean, I think we all have many encounters with the person of Jesus in the Eucharist. Um, mine personally was my initial conversion. I think that, you know, that can kind of stand out to us as you journey through your adult life. Um, and mine was in college when I was really diving into the Catholic faith and really questioning and wondering what I, what I really believe and um, the power that, the power of his presence in the Eucharist um, just hit me completely so, so differently one day. I just remember being on my knees. We actually had, um, I was part of a Catholic Newman center in college and my experience was after a daily mass. And um, at that point, yeah, I'd been going to daily mass, but still I think that encounter hadn't really fully happened Um, And we had Eucharistic adoration after mass and um, I was just kneeling there and I finally recognized for the first time that I had not only just held Jesus in my hands, but then I received him on my tongue. He went into my body and it was just, and then here I am adoring him in front of me. And it just blew my mind for the first time ever that that initial conversion of heart and just being so wowed 
that I would be able to receive Jesus Christ in the Eucharist and then to be able to sit face to face, you know, heart to heart with him was just so profound and so wonderful. And I think that is what the world misses right now. You know, I think we all really need this. Yeah. Jesus is so generous with us. Like the many ways and the opportunities that he makes himself present and available to us. It's pretty overwhelming when you really contemplate it. Mm-hmm. Um, when we bring ourselves to him and those that we love to him, the ways that he can you know, change our lives and change the lives of those we love. I, I read a number of years ago, there's this book, In the Shadow of His Wings, by um, German um, Franciscan who was consigned in the SS Army during World War II. And eventually, uh, at the end of the war, he became a chaplain to one of the prisoner of war camps in northern Africa. And he was serving the uh, men who were there. And it was hard work. I mean, there were, were struggling, obviously, under really harsh circumstances. He was getting really frustrated because there was a, a man who had, um, who was like would come and like berate him during while he was offering mass and it was just really hard and there was a sister who was um, sort of a desert hermit and she had an apostolate caring for the sick and she had received permission to keep Jesus in a chapel there in the desert with her and so she would adore every night and father had had come to her I think he maybe he was offering mass or something with her and he was telling her that he was ready to just go home just he was done he was tired and this sister just said, you need to go back. You need to keep serving these people. They need you. And um, so she said, give me one of the intentions that you have right now, and I'll pray. And so he gave her the name of this man who had been, been horrible to him. And um, so she took his name, and she placed it in front of the tabernacle. And she prayed every night for 30 days for his conversion. And at the end of that, that man actually came to father and asked to, um, he had been Catholic and had fallen away and he asked to be reconciled with the church and to receive the sacrament of reconciliation. And then from that moment on, like he was his biggest helper in the camp at that point. So um, miracles can happen. They do happen. Yeah. That's an amazing story. I love, I just love that story so much. Just, this woman in the middle of nowhere praying for this man. And then just, I, again, I think that just shows the power of the Lord. Um, and like you said, Julie, just the miracles that can truly happen if we let him, if we let him in and not only in our own, our own hearts clearly, but in the hearts of others and the heart, like our world, which needs so much prayer and so much love and works of mercy, you know, yeah, so tomorrow it begins. Or when, When's the first day of the 40 days, Father? Um, Ash Wednesday um, at the cathedral. <laughs> so um, Bishop will be exposing the Blessed Sacrament after the 7.30 a.m. Mass, and I think it goes to 8 p.m. Um, Thursday, I don't have the calendar in front of me, but um, this is what I can remember. Thursday is Mount Vernon, St. Vincent de Paul. Friday is St. Patrick's. Um, and then that's where my in uh, Columbus or down or in uh, London. Yeah. St. Patrick's downtown, the Dominican parish is Friday. So 
Very I think good. Saturday is St. John Neumann, and um, Sunday, I believe, is Immaculate Conception in Kenton. So. Okay. Right. okay. I know St. Matthew has um, March 5th, and we'll be sure to link um, the calendar in the notes on our webpage so people can just click on that and know exactly where to go each day. Mm -hmm. And I, then I, I thoroughly encourage people to create their own passport and see how many days that they can... Yeah, I was thinking about that passport and uh, being raised by or uh, being taught by nuns in grade school. Um, they always gave us a prize, right, when you accomplish something. So I think the bishop should have a prize for those who complete their their pass books. What do you think, Father Adam? Yeah, I think we can give us. I think I think so. I think we can give a prize for that. Um, oh, yeah. One of the um, one of the. Um, the things that has been that we're going to do also is to try to go to as many parishes um, with our social media account and kind of highlight um, on those days the churches um, and maybe even interview some of the people there, um, the pastors. Uh, one of the things we want to highlight in Easter on social media is how we encounter the Lord, especially in the sacraments. Mm -hmm. So to hear people's story and to share that, because you know that's that's the thing is evangelization um, and wit and our witness, you know, we're not witnessing to some sort of historical event or to some sort of list of truths. We really are, are witnessing that we have encountered Christ in our life. And so it's kind of a practice. We're giving these 40 days this opportunity to encounter Jesus in the sacrament. And then in the 50 days of Easter, let's share how we've encountered him. So. Mm. Love that. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a good segue to our St. Matthew shout out as we can share um, some of the people that we see really <coughs> bringing Christ to the world around them um, right now. My shout out is to uh, Carol Ann Lombardi and Mary Lager who um, work with the visiting ministry here at St. Matthew. And I happen to know that they were driving all around Gahanna this weekend in the snow delivering gifts to those who are homebound in nursing homes and at home um, with um, Valentine gifts, but also um, resources that they can use during Lent to enter in since they, they will be at home rather than unable to um, get out to the 40 days for, for adoration. Mm. That's sweet. My shout out is to um, my staff and team who are always kind of just quietly in the background making things uh, happen for our parishioners. Uh, just anywhere from you know our um, facility staff who's clearing the snow so people can get inside the church at 6.30 mass and 8.30 mass to you know everyone planning things like this, you Ashley and Julie. And, um, so thanks to staff and team here at St. Matthew's. Father Sill, you took mine, kind of. <laughs> no, I mean, in some ways. I was just going to shout out the um, the custodians at St. Matthew and just all the hard work they do. Um, I was just talking with one of them and just the amount of sacrifice and, you know, daily, the daily grind that they have is tremendous, especially through COVID, such a necessary job. Um, I'm just so grateful for them. And I know there's things that I have not even thought of that they do consistently. Um, one of, one of the staff 
uh, custodian staff had talked to me about how it's kind of crazy to come in every single day and think about, okay, I have a mansion to clean. How am I going to clean it? <laughs> you know, you know, that's exactly what they're doing. Just the whole church itself is so big. So um, that comparison for me, I was like, whoa, that's huge. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's a, that's a hard job. So thank you. And they them. do it. They do it with a smile on their face. Right? Exactly. Exactly. They're so wonderful. Father Adam, do you have a shout out for us? You know, actually I do. So um, about a week ago, a little over a week ago, um, St. Paul's outreach, which I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with, but you know, it's a college um, group, kind of a, a missionaries on campus at OSU uh, they had their fan in the flame retreat and um, the music actually was um, delivered by um, a product of St. Matthew uh, Mitchell Wilson. Um, and then his wife, Laura, who's also a product of St. Matthew's um, really was the logistical from all that I can hear the logistical person who put it all like COVID everything from a normal, like overnight, larger gathering to a virtual. Um, and it really, I think um, both Mitch and um, Laura really were crucial to that. So, you know, St. Matthew's has a lot to be proud of, of all of the, really the disciples and the missionaries that they've sent out, not only in the diocese of Columbus, but around the world, so. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you, Father Adam, for joining us today. We really appreciate the time that you spent with us. and. Um, sharing about this initiative and encouraging all of us and sharing of yourself. We're grateful. Well, thanks for having me and thanks for promoting this. And, um, you know, as we um, enter into the rigors of Lent, um, we give thanks to the Lord for the gift of his real presence in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. Amen. Well, we encourage everybody to take part in um, this initiative, this campaign to, um, once again, enter into um, turning our hearts to Jesus and to letting him be the Lord of our life. And that's this week's St. Matthew moment.